Welcome to the Imperfectly Perfect Campaign, sharing real-life stories from real people to unite them in global change for the face of mental health. We will also reduce the stigma, creating communication, healing, and awareness to save lives and inspire. Join us weekly as we talk to some of the highly acclaimed faces, influencers, experts, and others who have been through extreme adversity. All right, guys, so welcome to another episode of the Imperfectly Perfect podcast, where each week I'm joined by some of the world's most renowned faces in the entertainment industry, on the sports field, and corporate leaders sharing their own truths and their personal journeys. Today, I'm joined by none other than Bradley, who built Lightspeed VT into a multi-million dollar global tech company from scratch. As its founder and CEO, his vision led to Lightspeed VT becoming the world's leading interactive training system, a system that he's proud to share with others. In addition to being CEO, Brad also hosts the top-rated podcast, Dropping Bombs, and is the author of The Real Deal. Brad has helped numerous companies and individuals generate millions, including such heavy hitters as Tony Robbins, Zig Ziglar, Grant Cardone, Tom Hopkins, World Series Poker, Top Chef, Chase Bank, and many more. He's also been featured in Forbes, The Huffington Post, Inc. Magazine, GCTV, and is a regular guest on several top-rated podcasts. Firstly, welcome to the show, Brad. Thank you, man. Appreciate you. Oh, and yourself. I'll uh, I'll tell you something before we get started. Um, to your books and your content, we always talk about. So the whole campaign, in in essence, is about well-being, mental health, and and disrupting the highlight reels. But I suppose when it comes to corporate and your journey, one thing that always stood out, and I want to take it back, is you started as a trainer in sales. And one thing that I noticed that you did, which I will hands down say anybody needs to check out your content and buy your books, because something that you taught me was that you got a lot of no's on your journey. So what you decided to do, because everyone was looking at Grant Cardone and everyone, was how do I get involved with those? That's exactly what I did with the IPC. I basically, I came to you at one point, I reached out, didn't hear anything back, reached out again. And I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do what he did. So I went and got Dr. Joe Dispenza, Claude Silver, all those kind, and then reached back out and managed to get you on the show. So <laughs> take us back to the start of your journey, mate. Man, Joe Dispenza. I love that guy. Oh, he's amazing. Um, you know, my journey, you know, it started obviously when I was born. How far back you want me to go? <laughs> Just in terms of your career. You know, I think my career got started right around 17, 18 years old, because that's when I got into sales. I had been working for a forest service, realizing that I didn't like manual labor. Uh, I opened up the newspaper, found a sales job and fell in love with the, with the industry, mastered it over the next, you know, 10, 15 years, and then got really good at developing people into great sales professionals. And so I quit my job to start a training company. And then uh, the training company led into a software technology called Lightspeed VT. And that's really what kind of blew up. And, and, and now I'm coming full circle. And now I'm focusing a lot more time on developing more sales closing and, and, and persuasion content, because I believe that everybody, regardless of whether or not you're in sales, you know, needs to understand how to become very influential. And so nowadays, you know, I'm a CEO of a software company. I've got RV dealerships. I've got, you know, uh, uh, courses and various things I do. So I'm a, I'm a jack of all trades, it seems now. 
<laughs> but what I wanted to touch on there was your upcoming book. I want to get straight into this because it's called The Hard Way and it's where you basically talk about what you learn the hard way so nobody else has to go through. So I suppose in, in regards to the imperfectly perfect and removing those highlight reels, what people don't tend to see is that hard work that goes into all that. So can you tell us a little bit more about the book and some of those lessons that you've learned along the way and especially about your secret six that you hold close to you? Well, I mean, I think it's all based on your perspective. If you have the right perspective, it's not as hard as people like to you know, think it is. Mm. And I always had the perspective that, you know, I was grateful to even wake up in the morning. So, so to me, it's like, I don't really think I've had that hard of a road. Um, other people might think that I did. It took me about eight years to get profitable. It took me another four years to make any money. We were ahead of our time. Um, I'd have to sit here and think about, about hardships because I, I, I don't, number one, I don't live in the past. Um, you know, you can't change it. So there's no reason to sit there and think about it. But um, to me, I think if everyone can just understand that the day we like in the morning, when you wake up, if you can just realize that waking up is more valuable than a million dollars, $5 million, and then you start to realize that, and that is true. Why don't we get as excited to wake up in the morning as we do when someone hands us $5 million cash? Yeah. If you handed me $5 million cash, you'd be like, woo, you know, I'm pumped up. I'm enthusiastic. Like, yeah, man, you can just, I'm pumped. But people don't wake up that way. And it doesn't make sense because waking up and having another day is more valuable because people wouldn't say, yeah, give me a million dollars and I'll pass on life. So the fact that you get to wake up, if you have that gratitude, that allows you to now shift your perspective from, you know, scarcity to abundance. Yeah. So that would be, that would be something that I would say I had going for me. For some reason, I've always been in, in, the, in the gratitude perspective. So when people ask me, you know, what was it like? You know, what were the hardships? I can't really recall the hardships. It's been pretty easy. Well, that's good, mate. I think I think one of the questions that I was taught, and and I want to bring it back to you, because do you think often, like you were saying there, people aren't grateful so much as waking up in the morning rather than external validation or monetary and comparing themselves and this competing thing. One thing that was put to me by someone very successful, I met him at the gym. I meet everyone at the gym. Opportunities come from relationships. So meet as many people as you can. And one thing that I was taught was like, Glenn, are you ready? Are you really ready for that next level? Because when that money comes in, yes, I own this amount. But do you know what comes with running a multi-million dollar business? A million dollar problems. Are you ready for your content to go viral? Because it might go viral for the wrong reasons. Are you ready for the backlash? Like, are you comfortable with you? And one of your secret six, which... I love you to touch on about what, what you keep hold is the biggest one for me that you taught is forgiving yourself for all the shit that you've gone through in the past. So can you just touch on those, those six things that you hold yourself accountable for? Yeah. I mean, a lot of times, you know, we, you're correct. Number one, the more hands you shake, the more money you make. So we want to go out and make a lot of money, but yet we are apprehensive to introduce ourselves and go out and get in that position and a lot of times it's because we value other people's opinion beyond our own. 
And that ultimately boils down to a lack of confidence, a lack of self-value. So I had the same problem and I developed what I call the sacred six, not the secret, but the sacred. And the sacred six are basically six things that if we do every day for a period of time, it will improve the relationship we have with ourselves, and it will improve our confidence and our self-worth. And that in turn improves lives. So the first one is to forgive yourself. You know, we put ourselves down. We've, we've allowed other people to do it. We've, we've put other people down, you know, we've made mistakes and, a lot of times that stays in our subconscious and it literally, you know, creates a self image and you're never going to outperform your own self image. So you have to fix it. And the way to do that is obviously to forgive yourself and wipe the slate clean and start over. Mm-hmm. So I say, step one is forgive yourself. Step two is to commit to do what you're, you're, you say you will. So always do what you say you will. Step three is to rack up the wins. I mean, if we win all the time, we feel like winners. If we lose all the time, we feel like losers. So at the end of the day, how do we rack up the wins? Well, lower your goals a little bit. Pick five to 10 things everything every single day that you can achieve. They don't have to be massive goals. Everybody's always taught to set these massive goals. You can set small goals too, but you want to rack up the wins. So every day you're winning, you know, win, 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 win. You go to bed thinking, man, I, I, I killed it today. Even though they were small incremental goals, you killed it. So that starts to rack up the wins. And then step four, you have to get rid of the idiots. You have to stop hanging around people that discourage you, put you down, bring you down, zap your energy, zap your confidence, and and literally surround yourself with a better group of people. Step five, you have to visualize exactly where you want to go and what it looks like and visualize it on a daily basis. So many of us do not take the time to figure out what success looks like. So that's step five, which is just visualize exactly what success looks like. So you can start to, on a regular basis, visualize you being there. And then step six is seek new information. You know, if you want to change what you're getting, you have to change what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And in order to change what you're doing, you have to change what you believe. And the only way to change what you believe is to get new information. If the information's not new, it's never going to change your beliefs. And if you don't change your beliefs, you won't change your actions. And if you don't change your actions, you're not going to change your result. So ultimately, the sacred six allows you to forgive yourself, wipe a slate, commit to do what you say you're going to do, rack up the wins so you start feeling better, get rid of the people that you know are negative and, and, and unsupportive, visualize exactly what success looks like so you can start to see yourself being there on a regular basis and then seek new information which causes you to think and once you start thinking magic happens see it's funny because when you mentioned your sacred six there was one thing that i always listen to you and i'll say there's around three people that attest to the success of this campaign who i learn and one is yourself talking about that and the reason why one of the episodes that i heard ages ago you literally went to people. And one thing with me is I listened to people like you. And that's how I took this international within 12 months because I implemented what you guys said. And I was like, hey, look, if I can get in front of Brad Lee by getting these people and the he notices that I mean who I am and I'm showing my work ethic. I suppose with that, what you was talking about, um, bloody hell, where was I going with this now? Um, <laughs> with people just talking and not walking and putting it in you mentioned about the listening thing there was two guys that was interviewing you and you was like right can you tell me those sacred six now 
and they'd forgot what you'd said only 10 minutes ago and you was like, that's your problem right there. You didn't write it down and you didn't listen. So do you think that's a valuable thing within where you've come from, the people before you, mentors, or how did you learn to get where you was? I know it was seeking new information, but was that a trait, a common thing that I'm noticing between all you successful people is you learn to listen and implement fast? Yeah, I believe that is a trait of somebody that's successful because, you know, too many people are afraid to fail. So they don't try anything new. They don't do anything new. Hmm. Um, they're just wanting to remain safe and comfortable. Well, safe and comfortable is not how you get rich. Yeah, it's oh, so true. So how do you get rid of uh, other people's opinions and how did you manage to get past those? Because I've always learned in business, new levels, new devils. It gets harder as you get higher because different people are coming in and want to use you and all that kind of stuff. How did you get past those opinions? I started to value my own more. The only reason you value other people's opinions is because you don't either have one yourself or you don't value your own. So now you seek other people's opinions to validate yourself. I don't need anyone's validation. I don't need your opinions. I have my own and I value my own. Now, seeking counsel is a different matter. But the reason most people are so eager to get other people's opinions or worry about other people's opinions is technically because they don't value their own. And, and you, you, it, you increase that, you stop that by, by the sacred six, you, you increase your own self-worth, your own value. And pretty soon you start to have an opinion because you're thinking about things. And, and once you have an opinion, you start to be able to you know, value it. And, and pretty soon, you know, someone can give their opinion and it just doesn't matter anymore. You know, it, it, that, that, that doesn't mean your opinion is worthless just because someone else has a different one. <clears throat> but I, I always listen and I always, you know, seek new information to make sure that, you know, I'm always thinking. Well, I've spotted you a few times on Clubhouse. I was actually in a room with you the other day. And uh, it's what I've noticed about the app is there is a lot of clout on there as well. There's some great people, but a lot of people talking about this whole success journey. First, I want to ask you, how do you define success? Because it means something different to so many people. And when it comes to Clubhouse, what I'm predominantly noticing is there's a lot of people teaching and coaching how to get from A to Z without those small incremental steps that you talk about, the small wins. So what does success ultimately mean to you, Brad? And how would you suggest if there's somebody that's listening to this with our audience, entrepreneurship, those you rack up those small wins, like where would you start in terms of stop having this audacious goal of I want to empower a million people? First of all, learn to empower 10 people and see if you can do that. That's right. You just answered your own question. Well, I know I did. But I mean, what's ultimately about your success? What, what would you define as, as your success? Well, my idea of success is basically the ability to give abundantly um, without, you know, worrying about yourself. In other words, I want so much that I can give abundantly and still have enough. You know, there's, there's people that, you know, they're very generous, but they're so generous you know, they don't leave enough for themselves to continue to grow into their potential. And, I, and I've seen that where I've helped this person, helped that person while I left myself a little bit short. My idea of success is the ability to give abundantly with, with, with no cares in the world. Like, 
to be able to go where you want, with whom you want, for as long as you want, and basically just have the freedom to do whatever you want. Like to me, that's successful. So if my bills, let's say, were 20000 a month and my assets were providing me you know, 40000 a month, to me, that's successful. Why? Well, because you can have the freedom to do and go where you want. But for me, it wouldn't be successful because I want more than that. Mm-hmm. I want to go places that cost 20,000 a day if you know if not more. So I just have to level up a little bit, but it's the same thing regardless of level. Success to me is to be able to have freedom. You you spoke about it there about emptying your almost emptying your book here. I know there was a time cuz I I started this whole thing and it was to give back towards mental health and bringing those resources in, not to make it a business and to go down that route. I actually noticed I was emptying my bucket. I was giving way too much. I was depleting myself, doing a full-time job, doing this, that, and the other to keep it going. Um, I think people don't realize the the whole thing about building a business is you have to make sure you're ahead and keep investing in yourself. And you often speak about, say, you started with 10 grand and then you put five grand into your business. So in, in relation of that, where would you say people get started and often go wrong in not knowing how to accumulate that money or even get started when it comes to them saving that money for themselves? Well, I started with zero. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I got to 10, I took five and hired somebody to help get back to 10. And then when I got back to 10, I hired somebody else. So I just kept reinvesting. And a lot of people, what they'll do is they'll, they'll, get up a little bit and then they'll remember what it's like to be broke and they'll start to hold on to it because they don't want to be broke again. And that stunts their growth. So money is just a tool. If you're not using it, you know, it's, it's pretty much worthless. So a lot of people fall in that trap where they don't use the money they have to reinvest in their business, reinvest in themselves. <clears throat> you want to reinvest in things like, you know, people need to know who you are. Are you advertising? Are you, are you branding yourself? I know people with money in the bank asking how to grow their business. And I'm like, well, what's your advertising budget? And they're like, you know, what do do you mean? It's like, you're not advertising. You have money and you're not advertising. What are you saving the money for? Well, that's my cushion. Cushion for what? Well, in case something happens. Well, nothing's going to happen unless you, (laughs) unless you start using it. Yeah. So I just recommend people use money because it's a tool. And if you don't use it, it's worthless. So where do you think then people, if you could give any advice, You've got your sacred six, but in terms of business and get going, say if someone's just starting and they're always looking to your content, where would you say go in terms of the aspect of content, not caring, but obviously knowing to strategize it? You know, I think it just depends on, you know, what what are you doing? Who are you? Who's around you? What resources do you have available? There's no real one answer. Mm -hmm. Um, I think if we pay attention to the feedback and the data and we're willing to make adjustments, we're going to do just fine. It's those who don't listen to the feedback, you know, or they take things personally that that get hurt the most. How have you learned along the way? Because obviously now (laughs) your bullshit radar is is good as soon as you get into business and you start growing all that. How have you learned along the way, though, to drown out that noise? 
you know, I had to learn the hard way. Uh, you, you just, you just eventually realize the question is how long is it going to take you? You know, you, you drowned out the noise by making noise. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It, it's funny. I, I want to touch um, on um, dropping truths on your podcast. You've had some incredible guests on there, but um, some standouts. They like you don't just touch on business. You touch on all sorts. And there was one that I was listening to um, with an ex mobster. Uh, and he was talking about where he had to go in front of the, the boss and he was making all this money. You've spoken to someone about serial killers, everything. You even spoke to one of my mates years ago. He was a young actor called Grant Eastie. And basically he was talking about he was making his way to L.A. And he was like, did you know anything about the, uh, the uh, Weinstein thing? And he was like, no. And he was like, so he'd give you a million dollars, would you? <laughs> because I know him really well. What's, what's one of the most standout stories or I suppose people that has impacted your life and who you want to progress to be? It's mm, a good question. I, I, I tend to learn from everybody, so I wouldn't be able to single one out. Hmm. You know, I take a little bit from everybody. Um, I believe that you should absorb knowledge on a regular basis and you should, you know, and you can get it from anybody. Like, you know, someone says, you know, why would you take advice from a homeless person? Well, because that homeless person has experience and they know something you don't know as well. So if you realize that everybody you meet knows something you don't, it'll, it'll allow you to approach them in a different way. And, and, and I learned from everybody. So I wouldn't be able to pick one, you know, the, a couple of the fun ones I remember a guy named Hollywood Hino. Mm -hmm. That guy's a riot. I love that dude. You know, Tim Grover, Grant Cardone, um, Damon John, Nicole Arbor, uh, Michael Francis, um, you know, a guy that works here, one of our handyman, like he, he, his name is Johnny, Johnny Carmone. I think it's episode 72. Go listen to that one. That's hilarious. Yeah. So I like them all, man. That's cool. Can you tell this is one that stood out for me? And it was like, everybody sees your content. Everybody sees you just telling it how it is. And that's what I love about people when they're straight shooters, where I'm from Yorkshire. It's like, people will just tell you to your face. But people often don't see that compassionate side. And one thing that stood out for me when I was listening to a story once is about your janitor. You love empowering people and helping people live their best life. Can you just tell our audience just about this janitor that once worked with you and that you saw his family coming in and, and what you did for him? Well, he, he was obviously making minimum wage. His family was a little bit shy and, you know, kind of withdrawn. And so I taught him how to close and sell. And he went from making minimum wage to a lot, to a good chunk of money. And I just watched his whole family you know, lighten up and start to enjoy life, start to smile, start to feel better about themselves. And that's really what caused me to want to start a training company, which led to my success. So when I look back, I think to myself, what was the main catalyst? And it was when I stopped worrying about helping myself and I started, and I started focusing on helping others that success started to come my way. And, you know, we hear that growing up, you know, Zig Ziglar said, the best way to get what you want is to help others get what they want. But I never really understood it because I was always focused on me. Mm -hmm. you know, how do I get rich? How do I get paid? How do I live in a nice house? And when I 
help that individual. It felt good watching them, you know, develop and watching him, you know, bloom. And I thought to myself, I want to do that for a living. I'm going to, I'm going to go out and help other people do that. So I didn't realize it at the time, but it was basically me shifting the focus from helping myself to helping someone else is what really made the difference. And is that, and, and last two questions I've got you for, um, is that ultimately, so how you start getting rid of, as you say, the idiots from your circle, you realize you're looking for their actions because people are going to show you who they are and what they're about. So did you start removing the people knowing on whether they were coming from a place of servitude or whether they was coming from a place of ego and about themselves to your success ultimately building? Well, I definitely think you need to, you know, weed out the idiots and things like that. But, but to me, anyone that's not supportive, anybody that's not your friend, you shouldn't be around. And people will identify themselves pretty easily and they'll say things and do things that you will recognize as, you know, not your friend. And I, I would just, you know, eliminate those people if they happen to be family or whatnot. Well, then I would just stop listening to them. Yeah. Totally. Um, and there's one question that I do ask everyone just before I ask where people can find more information and about your closer school um, course, mate, is in everything that you've gone through, it's just a question attesting to the campaign. What do you ultimately mean imperfectly perfect means to you? Do you strive for perfection or what does that, that sense of word mean to you? Imperfectly perfect is, to me, you know, life. In other words, life will never be perfect. You will never be perfect. Things will never be perfect. And in that is perfection. Beautiful. So last one. You got your book. You've got your course, Closer School. And I did hear that you was talking about running for presidency. And the reason was you were saying you might not get there, but you'll go down in the history books so people can find your name in the history books. So can you tell us a little bit more about Closer School, where people can pre-order your book from and where people can find more information about you? Yeah, I mean, if you're interested in, you know, seeing what I'm up to, just go to bradlee.com. That's L-E-A. Um, you can get the book there. You can see what I'm up to. We have, you know, training systems for companies that want to train their people better. <clears throat> We've got uh, training systems to help people monetize their knowledge. You know, Closer School is a, is a place where I'm teaching people how to sell, close, influence, and become better humans. You know, fix their confidence, you know, get them, get them going, if, if you will. And then Closer School Live is kind of a group coaching call that I do every Tuesday. And uh, all the other things that I'm up to, you can find there, bradlee.com. Nice, nice. Well, I just want to say on behalf of the campaign, on behalf of me, everything that I've learned attesting to how far this campaign's grown. It sounds funny when you're actually speaking to the people that you've appreciated their work and you've implemented what they've said. I just want to say thank you, um, everything that you do, mate. Um, so, guys, I will put all the links up to Brad so you can find him. You can find all about his courses, his books. But until next time, guys, make sure you keep having the hard conversations because it's the hard conversations that saves lives. To find out more about the Imperfectly Perfect campaign and how you can get involved, simply head to our official website at imperfectlyperfectcampaign.org. 
or email us today at info at imperfectlyperfectcampaign.org to speak to one of the team. The Imperfectly Perfect Campaign is creating awareness and is not a substitute for professional advice. Should you need help, please refer to your nearest crisis number.